Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Vandalia, Michigan campus. For more info, look us up at newdaycommunity.org. And filled all these balloons up so that we could get people to come in on New Year's Eve. <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> but it was a good try. And um, so then I actually, eventually, when I was a manager, I, I received an award. I got... Uh, an award from the Michigan Commission for the Blind for hiring um, a blind person. He was deaf and blind, and I was employer of the year that year. So that was kind of cool. So I tell you all of that to say this. I'm talking about grace gifts. What does that got to do with anything? Well, I was a decent waitress. I, 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 I could cook. A, I could make a pizza pretty well, but I was a good manager. I really was. I had lowest turnover. But one of the, the lowest turnover for a restaurant is really, I mean, that's, especially I was right by campus. So we had a lot of college students. And a lot of my college students, they would leave for the summer, but then they'd come back and want their job back. And um, those two waitresses, both of them worked for me for over six years, um, each of them. And, and I remember we hired a, an assistant manager one time. He had come fresh out of college. He had graduated with a degree in hotel and restaurant management. And he came, and he started working, and I was training him. And Friday night comes, and I'm like, okay, so now the job that you have, you know, that we is to mop the floor. He's like, I don't mop the floor. I said, oh, honey, yes, you do. Because <laughs> we all do. We all do our part, right? But one of the reasons that we were successful, and one of our goals at the church, or at the church, it was not a church, um, at the restaurant was customer service. We had a similar goal. And, and, you know, being all about customer service meant that I made sure that my, my staff was taken care of because if I had staff that was there for a long time, then they made sure that the, you know, people would keep coming in. And we had just this single-minded goal. And it eventually um, proved to be really beneficial to Pizza Hut because I had lowest pro- or highest profit and lowest turnover because I didn't, wasn't training people all the time. We had a lot of people coming in. But I had a single-minded goal, customer service, customer service, customer service. And everybody did their part to make sure that that happened. Well, I believe that our grace gifts are a similar, a, a similar, similar in that the grace gifts are given to us for a single purpose, and that's to build the church. It's to build the church, not, not necessarily numerically. If you're just going, we just want to get a bunch of people in here, you'll fail. Just like if I had done that in Pizza Hut, if I had said, we just want to make sure we have the lowest profit. I mean, the <laughs> oh, highest profit. Yeah, that would have been bad. Highest profit. I might cut corners on my product. I might have less staff involved. I might. And then eventually, going for highest profit would actually cause me to have the lowest profit, right? And so it kind of works against you. And I believe that if you are single-minded on that, we are going to build the church. And building the church doesn't mean numerically. It means building up the people in the church, whether it be you get built up, better relationship with the Lord, or you build one another up corporately, or you bring people in from the outside and build them up. That is what our goal should be, because it's what Jesus died for, right? And it's, it's what God is preparing for Jesus. The bride is the church. 
And so we need to be focused on those two. And so I have the honor of talking to you today about hearing God's voice. You say, wait a second, I didn't know that's what we were talking about. Well, that's what we're talking about. So um, Pastor Cameron shared a couple weeks ago the overview of what we were, were the grace gifts. Um, Mark shared with you last week on tongues. Today I'm going to talk about three gifts, and they all have to do with hearing God's voice. So I just want to start with, you know, hearing God's voice is important for all of us. Now, some people say, well, we don't hear God's voice today. Well, I would contend with you. Because God created us, he created Adam and Eve, and the first thing he did was have communication with them. He talked to Adam about, this is what I want you to do, this is what I, name all the, you know, the animals, you know, we're going to make you a helpmate. He was walking with them in the cool in the garden, cool of the day in the garden. He was communicating with them. The fall came in, and it separated us, but it doesn't mean that God didn't still want to talk with them or us, right? That's, it's kind of like I, I, I love my son. When he moved to California, I didn't just go, okay, well, I'm done talking to you, right? Like I still wanted to have a relationship with him. I still wanted to chat with him. Um, but then along come the Israelites, and God wants to talk with them, and they go, no, <laughs> you're scary. You talk to Moses, and he'll talk to us. You know, and so that kind of set in motion when we look at the Old Testament, we just see kind of like God speaking to people, mostly through the prophets. But he did speak to people one-on-one. I mean, he talked to David. We know. We have numerous accounts. And I can't go through all the different people he talked to. But he still wanted to have communication with, uh, with his people. And then Jesus comes along. And Jesus, we know, he loves us. And he talks with us, and he says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So he says, really, if you know me, you're going to hear me. You're going to hear my voice. And it didn't mean just when he was here. It meant when he left, right? Because we know that um, when we go on and we see the disciples working, it says the Lord sent them here. You know, he told them this. And they, they knew by the direction of the Lord that they were going to go here. Well, how would you... God didn't email them, (laughs) you know. He didn't send them, uh, you know, they didn't just pop up like a, oh, here's a piece of paper. Look, it's from the Lord, you know. He talked with them. He told them. And so if he did that, even after Jesus went to heaven, why would we think he wouldn't do it today? So he does. He does this for us today. Now, I um, have a little story I want to tell you about my son. And I think I've told you before, but I'm going to share it with you again. Knowing God's voice is very important. It's important to be able to hear God's voice. It's important to understand what that sounds like. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit later about how you can do that. But my son was playing soccer um, as a little kid, and he was pretty good. His name's Kenny, and he was a pretty good soccer player. And he got onto this travel team, and he had the same coach for four years. And um, then he got moved to a new team, and he had a new coach. And pretty early on, so he, he was, you know, he had practices with him and stuff like that. And the very first game, he's out on the field, and this, this coach that's new to him is yelling, do this, whatever it was. And I could see that Kenny's just like, da-da-da-da-da, you know, not, not hearing, you know. I'm like, oh. He doesn't, he's not hearing his coach. He didn't really know his voice. 
And I, so I'm watching and going, oh, he's, he's not doing what the coach is wanting him to do. So me being a loudmouth mom, because I am, my kid knows my voice. So I, Yay! take that kid out. And he's like, okay. And then I see him go. And then the coach yells something else. So I'm like, Yay! you know, and he's like, okay. Because he knew my voice, right? He knew my voice. And, um, and that coach didn't last very long. Anyway, um, but, but my point is he knew my voice, and we need to know the Father's voice, right? And so how does he speak to us, and how does he talk to us? Well, I'm going to tell you. And what we're, the grace gifts, we um, have two different passages that we're kind of pulling this from, Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. And the, the, the three that I'm going to share about today come from 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. And it says, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge, by the means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. So I'm going to share with you about the message of wisdom, message of knowledge, and prophecy, because all three are ways that we hear God's voice, okay? So the first one I'm going to talk about is the word of knowledge. Now, a word of knowledge, I was, I was, yesterday I was like, I was out and I was doing this thing and I thought, oh, God, I'd really like a, a better picture of what that looks like. He goes, it's like a text message. Okay, well, maybe that was me, but it's almost like this short little thing that drops in and you're like, oh. So I have two little stories about my hearing God's voice through a word of knowledge. So a couple weeks ago, uh, it was, I don't know, probably a Monday, I was, um, I was uh, looking through my house in the morning, and I was like, oh, I need these things. So I, put, I made a little grocery list, do, 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 do. But I was busy Monday night, and so I couldn't uh, go to the grocery store. And so Tuesday, after work, I stop at the grocery store, and I'm walking through the grocery store, da, 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 get my produce, and I see these cherry tomatoes, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 I have cherry tomatoes. And I, and I felt like, no, you need cherry tomatoes. I was like, no, I don't. So I kept on walking, get, get, get over to the bread aisle because I got to get bagels. And uh, I see the bread, and, and I, I just thought, I, I need a loaf of bread. I'm like, no, I don't. I have a loaf of bread at home. And I don't eat the bread. Um, but not that bread is bad, but I just don't. And so I was like, oh, I, I saw the loaf. I opened it up. There was no bagels, but there was bread in my bread box. So I finished grocery shopping. I get all the done, get home walk in, and, my son, and I go open the bread box, and the bread is gone. I was like, what happened? And, and my son says, oh, it was moldy, and so I threw it away. And I'm like, ooh. And then I go over to the produce area on my counter and see that the cherry tomatoes are all shriveled up and nasty looking. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Now, some of you would say, nah, God wouldn't tell you that. Hmm. 
but the God of the universe knows how many hairs are on my head? Like, I'm not even sure why that's important. I, I know that me going to this grocery store a second time is a little more important than how many hairs I have on my head. God cares about our everyday life. He does. And so you'd say, well, you're not very good at that. Well, okay. So I didn't hear him that day, or I didn't listen. And the problem was, I was walking through the grocery store. I was trying to get done. If you know me, I kind of go in high gear a lot of times. So I was trying to hurry up and get through, and I didn't stop and go, you know what? Maybe I, maybe I should grab him. Maybe I should listen to that voice. So a, another, um, a, a couple of weeks ago, a different situation when I was paying attention. So I had been eating lunch. Um, so I work at a school, and I'd been eating lunch with this one teacher every day. And my, um, the other people in my, my kind of um, department, two of them are retiring. And I felt like the Lord had, I felt like I, was, I should be spending time with lunch, at lunch with them. So I tell my friend Carol, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to start eating lunch with these guys because Mary and Sonny are leaving. And she goes, oh, I totally get it. it that's, that's fine. So it had been about a week or so. I'm driving into work, and I'm just, like, thinking about my day, and I just, I'm like, you should eat lunch with Carol. Why? And nothing. Crickets. I'm like, okay. So I get to work. I go in. I go into her classroom, and I say, hey, I I was going to eat lunch with you today. Is that all right? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'll be here. I'm going to, you know, do this thing. She seemed perfectly like she always is. So fast forward, um, I see her in class when I'm in her class, and she was fine. And then, a uh, and then I come back at lunchtime, and I'm sitting there, and we're eating lunch, and I'm thinking, why am I eating lunch? I mean, she's seen you know, everything's fine. Like, I don't, you know, we, we've been chit-chatting for about 25 minutes, and then I hear the Lord say, ask her how she really is. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, hey, Carol, so how are you really? And she kind of looks at me. And she goes, well, I'm fine, you know, da-da-da-da, and, you know, just busy. And I said, how are you really? And all of a sudden, waterworks. She tells me this thing that she hasn't told anybody, and she's really having a hard time. And I was able to listen to her and pray with her. And, and I just was like, wow, if I had not listened to the Lord, I would have missed an opportunity, right? So um, I believe he gives us a word so that we can build others up, right? So um, the next way is a word of wisdom. So a word of wisdom is uh, it's kind of like a diagram. I love these. If you ever had to, like, troubleshoot something, I love these kind of diagrams. Like, you know, start. Is this part working? Yes. Is this part working? Yes. Is this part working? No. Oh, troubleshoot the problem, right? Or come up with a solution, how to fix a problem. Um, I, you know, I was asking, I was talking with Ray, and I said, you know, this word of wisdom, a word of wisdom is almost, just like a word of, word of knowledge, it's almost like it's so natural, you just go, no, oh, that's not really God, right? It's almost like you think, oh, but I've thought about, like, Noah had to have been given a big word of wisdom, right? Because how do you build an ark? Sure, he had no grid for building a boat that big, right? So he had to have wisdom to do that. In Exodus 31, 
um, God says that he has filled them with the spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and all kinds of skills so that they could build the tabernacle, right? In James uh, 3, it says the wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy. So God gives us this wisdom almost to like apply knowledge, apply biblical truth, but it can be more practical. I was chatting with um, Pastor Cameron just about uh, wisdom, and he said he, he has no mechanical inclinations whatsoever, cannot work on a car. But when something goes wrong with his car, it's like he gets this, this is what's wrong with it. And he takes it to the dealership, and sure enough, that's what's wrong with it. You know, it's, it's that, it's a be, being able to apply wisdom in situations. And I was thinking about, in my life, when somebody has come to me and said, you know, this is going on, I'll just pray, because I don't want it to be me that says, hey, this is what you should do. I want it to be from the Lord. Like, and, and when, and I couldn't think of one as I was preparing this week, but I know that I've had opportunities where God has said, no, don't say that, say this, and given me wisdom in how to answer a situation or answer a problem that someone is having. Does that make sense? You guys with me here? The third way that we hear his voice is through prophecy, and this is like a direct phone call. Like, I'm hearing him talking to me and him saying, okay, now say this, now say this, now say this, and I, and I do that, right? And um, we, have lo- we have time, we, oh my gosh, the Bible is so full of so many times where pro- prophecy was used, right? God speaks and tells people what's going on. He gives them direction. He does... It, it's, there's just too many to, to recount. But two of them in Acts one, uh, 11, Acts 11, Agabus, predicted by the Spirit that there would be a severe famine. Good to know, right? Like, oh, we're going to have a famine? We better stock up. I don't know why you didn't tell us about the Y2K thing, not being a big deal, but, you know. <clears throat> Acts 15, he talks about the fact that Judas and Silas said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. So prophecy really comes and brings in encouragement and, and, um, and strengthens people. Two short stories. A couple, uh, another couple weeks ago, I was, there, there's a secretary in the office, and I just, she just keeps being highlighted to me as somebody. I have to go out of my way to go into the office. That are, we have, we have three-story building and it's really large, Port Central High School, and I, my office is on the third floor, and I don't have to go to the office ever, like the main office. She's in the main office. For some reason, she just keeps being highlighted to me. And um, I, we've talked a couple of times. One time I walked in, she's sobbing. And I'm like, can I pray for you? And she's like, yes. So we went to this other room, and I prayed for her. I asked her if she would like to have dinner sometime because I don't know anything about her. Like, I know nothing about her. I don't know. I know she's married and has kids, but I don't know. I guess they're his, hers, and theirs now. And anyway, so we go to dinner, and we're talking, and I felt like the Lord said, okay, you need to tell her about how, um, how hard you are on yourself. Okay. So, and I'm pretty open. I'm like, okay, that's no big deal. So I start sharing with her. I don't know why that thing, and immediately when I get done, she starts crying. She's like, I am so hard on myself. 
And I felt like the Lord say, you know, I want you to say this to her and this to her. And so I did. And I encouraged her and I strengthened her and I built her up. Because that's what God was asking me to do. Because that's what, you know, so many times we think prophecy. Okay. Prophecy, the world has made it be weird. It's made it be weird. And there's been a whole bunch of people who've done stupid things and said, well, I, in the name of the Lord, say we, the world is ending tomorrow. So now we all go, ooh, prophecy. It's all bad. It's all weird. You know, it, it's, it's not true. <laughs> That's not true. I, we were on the, I was on the Rama team, and this woman came one time in her 60s. And I was only in my 30s, so she seemed older to me. Shame on me. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so she was sitting there, and she seemed hard. You know, she had this look about her. She just, you know, and I was like, okay. And uh, immediately I felt like the Lord said, say, when I say that, I did not hear an audible voice. I've never heard an audible voice. I'm not sure I want to because sometimes that seems scary to me. But it's that inner voice, like when you... Um, if you were to have a conversation in your head, who knows what I'm talking about? Conversation in your head. Has anybody ever had a conversation in their head? Okay. You can, who knows that they can hear God's voice that way? Okay. You can hear God's voice that way. So in, in my head, I, you know, I'm hearing God and I'm hearing him say, tell her that you see a teddy bear. And the teddy bear is tan, not brown, and it has green eyes. And I'm not exactly sure, but so I'm like, seriously God a teddy bear like I want to thus saith the Lord you're going to do this amazing you know like I'm like okay teddy bear so I start telling her I start describing I said I just see this teddy bear oh and it had a little red heart sewn on it that's what it was a little red heart sewn on it and green eyes and was more tan than brown and it's kind of kind of fluffed she starts bawling she goes that's the teddy bear I had when I was a little girl I'm like, okay, maybe that is, and, and what it meant to her was this, the God of the universe knows all about me. He loves me because he knows even what my favorite teddy bear was. That's important. That's encouraging. I have way too much stuff to talk about. Ooh. Okay, so um, <clears throat> in the last days, Acts 2 says, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. That is Luke quoting Joel 2. Joel, the prophet, said, this is what's going to happen. And Luke the Holy Spirit has fallen, and Luke says, look, God told you it was going to happen, and here we are. All of us will prophesy. And I don't mean, I don't believe that that meant just then. I, mean, I believe that it means from then on. We will all prophesy. Um, and then it, it goes on, and it says, in, in Revelations 19.10, it says, for the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness of Jesus. So when you're prophesying, even if, it's, even if you're giving a word that might be harsh, 
it's got to testify to Jesus. That Jesus wants to love you, to show his love for you, to whatever, whatever it has to have a clear witness of Jesus. Now, you say, well, what about the teddy bear? Well, the teddy bear spoke to that woman's heart, right? And, and when I shared with, the, um, with um, Jody just about how not to be so hard on herself, it speaks to her heart. And isn't that what Jesus is all about? He's all about your heart. And I love this. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, But the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. Always. Always. There's a, a story in, in, um, in Acts 13, 6. Uh, Saul and Barnabas were uh, going there, and there was this guy um, who's a, who a pro-counsel. So think like leader, all right, some governmental leader. And he, um, he wanted to hear from Paul, Saul, and Barnabas. But there was this other guy who's named Bar-Jesus, but uh, Luke doesn't even refer to him by his name because he doesn't, he's like, There's, you're no son of Jesus. He calls him Eliamus, Elimus, hmm. Elimus, that's what it was. And... Elimus is a false prophet, a Jewish sorcerer, and he interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to Barnabas and Saul. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. He was a false prophet. His goal was to not exalt Jesus, right? But Paul and Barnabas came, and they spoke to him to shut up, and then they, then they, this, I, I love this when the governor saw what had happened, okay, so technically Elimus became blind, but the point was he became a believer for he was astonished at the teachings about the Lord. Not what happened to the, the sorcerer. He was astonished by the teachings. It drew him to the Lord. So prophecy builds up a believer or converts them, right? It always, always, always strengthens, encourages, and comforts. Always. In 1 Thessalonians, it says, Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but examine all things and hold fast to what is good. You know, when we on our Rama team, we always tell people, you know what? Check, what, check what we have prophesied. Check what we have said against the Bible and with your leaders, because it should hold up. If it doesn't hold up, then you throw it away, right? And that's what this is saying, is you hold on to what's good. It also says two or three prophets should speak, and the others should evaluate what is said. So if somebody has a word on a Sunday morning, you know, Reuben's word this morning was so good. He came up and shared a word, and the rest of us can evaluate that. Oh, yeah, that's good, right? And in our church services, if all prophesy and an unbeliever enters, he will be convicted. The secrets of his heart are disclosed, and in this way he'll fall down with his face to the ground, worship God, declaring God is really among you. I can't tell you how many times I have heard people say, the first time I came, I went and got a rhema word, and I, I'm just, I was blown away. 
God spoke to me. I knew it was the Lord that spoke to me because they were encouraged, they were built up, they were comforted, right? But 1 Corinthians also says this. Now, we've talked about the spiritual gifts, but this says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy, why? Because it's so cool. <laughs> I mean, all of the gifts are cool, but this one, wow. Seeing, seeing, hearing God's voice, I get to hear the creator of all the universe, and then I get to share with people what he's saying. That's amazing. That is amazing. If you want spiritual gifts, I, this is saying you should want them all. We're going to talk about all these gifts. And, and, I, and at first I was like, oh, well, you know, some get this, some get that. Jesus had all of them, right? Jesus had all the gifts. I mean, he, he could do all of these things. He did miracles. He did, you know, he did all of it. We want to be like Jesus so we can want them all too, right? I mean, we can want them all. Really want to hear from the Lord, though, especially for others. If you want to know, like, well, how do I do that? Well, you practice, the first thing you do is you read your Bible. And the reason that that's so important is because you learn what God sounds like. When you read the Bible, you're like, oh, this is what he's, this is what he's like. These are the things that he says and he does. And you, like, it's almost like you hear his heartbeat, right? You know, we know, we know what he sounds like. Just like a, like a baby in the womb knows their mother's voice. They, They've done so many things like this. The baby comes out, and the mother speaks, and they immediately turn because they know that voice. We need to be able to hear God's voice, hear his heartbeat by reading his word. And then you need to practice. When you're here on Sunday morning, I would challenge you. You need to come to church with a word every Sunday morning. What would edify and build up the church? Write it down and then bring it to Mark. This is what I heard for today. And see if you match up. See if you're hearing what the Lord is saying for the service that day. I challenge you to try it because it will build your faith. Whether or not you give it, it will build your faith. When you're in the grocery store and God tells you to buy something, buy it. That's, that's what I'm going to do. Um, huh? Even nice shoes. And then when you check with your wife, she might tell you that wasn't from Jesus. Um, and then journal. Practice journaling. Practice hearing what God is saying to you. You know, we want to build the church. You can take the spiritual gifts test. We've talked about that a couple of times. That will tell you what you're, what you're already good at, what you already kind of flow in. But remember, we're supposed to desire all of them, and especially prophecy, because it builds the church. It builds you, it builds me, it builds your faith. You know, even my, like my grocery store, store story builds my faith because I'm like, oh, he was trying to tell me. He cares about me. He cares about you. Yeah. That was so good. That's... Uh going to close, and I want um, each of us to think, you know, God wants to speak to each one of us because we're created in his image. And 
I would dare to say there's a lot of times that he speaks to us, and like Kathy was vulnerable and shared, you know, we don't listen. But we know his heart is loving towards us. He doesn't get upset with us about that. And uh, I think it's important for all of us just to be open to small things, you know, whether we're at the grocery store, whether it's having lunch with somebody. Maybe just spending a few extra minutes with your kids to, to you know, see how they're doing. You know, it doesn't have to be something earth-shattering every time. You know, and like she said, you know, the prophecy, it's always to strengthen, build up, and encourage. So we should want to be getting, um, be open to hearing prophetic words over ourselves because it builds us up. And, you know, so whether we are in a place where we're sharing something or whether we're receiving from someone, uh, let's just be open this week as we're going forward, you know, hearing God's voice. It doesn't have to be mystical. It doesn't have to be scary. It's just a word of wisdom. It could be a simple thought. But you never know how it could change somebody else's life or your own. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the words that you've spoken over us. We thank you for your love for us and that you would care so much about us to even tell us small things in life, seemingly small to us. But we know it's all part of your grand plan of building up the church, purifying us for your perfect bride. Help us to be open this week as we go forward to be listening for your voice, to heed your words of wisdom, and to give us boldness to share with other people, maybe even people we don't know. And I pray that fear of failure would not hold us back because we know that you are all-knowing and that you love us. Even if we, even if we hear wrong, we just submit everything we say or receive to the, to the Scripture. We just thank you again for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen.